0: This is the Maine State of Mind podcast. How's it going, everybody? I'm Justin, your host. Uh, We're back for another episode, another week. Uh, This week, we talk Hoppy Hour, which is one of our regular segments on the podcast. We invite Adam Morissette of Deergo Draft Services. He cleans draft lines, installs draft lines around the Maine and around the the, the greater Bangor area mostly. Uh, We talk on a every six-week basis, basically, about beer. And so today's subject is the most popular beer in the United States at the moment, the India Pale Ale, or IPA, some people know it. We talk the variety of options there are in the IPA style. We talk some of the history of how IPAs came to be, where they're going, what we see. Uh, We talk a little bit about individual brands that might have an IPA, Uh, But mostly, it's just a generic conversation about IPAs and beer in general. uh, And that's what this week's episode is all about. So I really hope you guys enjoy it. If you guys enjoy listening to the podcast and watching it, please, 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 please subscribe on Apple and follow on Spotify. You can also subscribe on YouTube. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you like the podcast, if you can scroll down towards the bottom of our page and do a little five stars and radar podcast. It helps a very, 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 very much uh, in the long run with the podcast. So I really appreciate it. So like, subscribe, share, do what you can to help promote this podcast. Really proud of it and really excited for what see what the future is gonna be. Um, This episode though is Adam Morissette of Deergo Draft Services. Uh, It's Hoppy Hour and we talk India Pale Ales or IPA. I hope you guys really enjoy. If you're at home listening to it, crack a beer. Enjoy one with us if you're in the car, listen to it and then go home and crack a beer, but I really hope you enjoy it. This is Hoppy Hour with Adam Morissette. Enjoy everybody. What's up, Adam? How much? How's it going? Ah, uh, doing well, doing well. I can see. We talked a little bit off air about my eye things, but where I can see, and that's the big, big thing right now, right? Yeah. So, uh, and uh, we've uh, had a pretty, you know, normal week last week with weather. Like we thought it was way worse than it was, and I was kind of looking forward to some snow, but it ended up being not as bad as it was. So it's one of those weird things where I'm like kind of happy I didn't have to shovel a lot, but kind of sad that this winter's gone by with not a little, you know, just a little yeah. bit of snow falling. So but what can we complain we're healthy we're living we don't have covid exactly you know but hey we're gonna talk some beer I'm open a beer huh yeah <sighs> the effects of sound there's yeah, there's yeah. funny things I, w- I want to say that a couple things that my buddies and i have always talked about uh back when i was covering hockey was there's a couple of sounds in my life that are just like, you know exactly the sound. One of them, hockey, is the ping of a puck off of a gold net. Oh, yeah. You know, like when, so when you hear that noise, you're like, that's the noise. I mean, I feel like if you don't know hockey at all, then obviously you won't know it. But if you've watched a game before and that's happened, you know that's what happened. The other one to me growing up is the sound of skateboard trucks hitting a rail. Or like when a skateboard does an ollie, that... Yep. To me it's always been a sound and i'm like okay someone's skateboarding and then the last one is when someone cracks open a can no matter where you are or what time of day someone is is he goes Oh, starting early aren't you Yep. (laughs) it's always that thing asa opens a seltzer in the other room in the office i'm always like starting early aren't you and he's like it's a seltzer i'm like yeah whatever (laughs) (laughs) but normally with asa it's an ipa and that's what we're going to talk about today yeah because we make a few IPAs at uh, Orna Brewing Company. In the Just States, a few. Makes a few IPAs. Um, and now across the country, pretty much everybody makes IPAs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're going to start, uh, Adam uh, and I do these podcasts to talk uh, beer. Um, as I mentioned in the post, if you're getting to this from the website, it's we don't do ratings. Uh, we both work close in the beer industry, whether we're serving or um, Adam has a number of clients that he cleans lines or when Adam works for Orono Brewing Company, I work for Orono Brewing Company, doing ratings is just not worth it because first of all, I feel like we'd have a biased opinion um, oh, yeah. on some of them. And then the other part about it is there's no reason to say something sucks um, because let's be honest, there's not very many breweries uh, in the state of Maine, at least that do suck. So it'd be kind of hard to rate things when a lot of the breweries are pretty good. <laughs> so we just decided, let's just talk generically about beer uh, on these episodes. And we decided we did Christmas beers, uh, Thanksgiving beers, Christmas beers, and that we thought we'd get into this one and do a little bit of like an actual specific style and just yeah. talk, you know, what makes us, this beer, the style, uh, what kind of types of that style there are. Uh, we can, and we will probably bring up a couple of brands and uh, types of beers just to give you an idea if you know what this beer is. Um, and again, preface this a little bit, I work for Warner brewing company full time. So there's probably, if we do make that style, I probably will relate it to one of our beers. It's just my life. So it, it's not because I'm saying they're the best at it, because we're not. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, easy for me to be like, oh, New England style IPA, tubular, that makes sense. So, and yeah, you've got like four drink,
1: cases drink. of it in your fridge.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> the funny thing is, is, when you look at our list, you know, Adam uh, has worked for OBC for a while, too. Is There's a list at OBC in Orno which people can't see because we're not open to the public, but uh, that says our favorite beers. And when we did it, we realized that no one picked Tubular. And so I was like, oh, that stinks. And then it made me think, do you think Van Halen likes to play jump? Do you know what I mean? Like that, that aspect of, no. you, do you think, you know, MC Hammer was Can't Touch This? Like they all hate playing those songs. So I made it a rule from that point on that you can't pick Tubular. Because we all like Tubular. It's one of right. our classic beers. It's always around. We're never going to pick Tubular. Because it feels like it's just part of our lives now. It's not yep. a special thing. Uh, a lot of people will say that Tubular is their favorite. So, but yes, I have a few cans of this, but mostly I take home other stuff because, again, yep. I can have this whenever I want. So, we're gonna talk some IPAs. Um, before we get fully into it, uh, no, let's actually. Do you want to go over what's, what an IPA is first, and then we'll go like what makes an IPA an IPA? Sure. Yeah, and then we can go um, further. I was just saying, you know, when you tried your first IPA and so on and so forth. Not when, but like, do you remember what brand it was?
1: Oh man, my first IPA.
0: But do we want to start with uh, no. what an IPA is?
1: So IPA, I mean, we're you know, I think now most people have a pretty solid idea. So um, the 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 gist of it is, I mean, you're you're coming out of the tradition of you know English pale ales. Um, and when the British colonial period, you're starting to see those being shipped um, from England out to the colonies, and so they're looking for a way to transport beer that'll stay fresh through the journey. And so one of the ways you can do that is increasing the alcohol, so you get a little bit higher alcohol. In the traditional IPA, it's not quite as quite as of a high alcohol as it is mm. today, but it was it was definitely higher compared to your like classic English bitter um and you put in a bunch of hops because hops have natural preservative properties and so from the the english bitter pale ale you get this really hoppy really high alcohol comparatively i mean now we see you know what triple ipas and higher that you get into these crazy high alcohols but but at the base level it's just it it, it's very hop forward um the traditional ipas are much more on the bitter side balanced out with a more malty base and then you know, something that Justin and I probably have more than most people in the country is the New England style IPA or the hazy IPA. Those you get a lot more of the, the juicy flavors. Um, and then there's just, you know, the, the original IPAs that you probably came up on are much more like those traditional, um, well, the American IPA, but kind of the American version of the English IPA um, that still focus on those bitter hops. I mean, that's what I remember when I was first getting into craft beer, like you said the first one, I'm i am sure I had like an IPA, you know, from like the local beer store from England. Yeah. And then the first American IPA that I really like is seared in my memory is Founders Red's Rye IPA, um, which I had, I don't even remember how long ago. And then that kind of got me on the IPA thing. Crooked Tree IPA out of Michigan was one of my favorites for ages. Um, but now God, I, since then, I've had the traditional IPA is is my favorite. Hmm.
0: I, I, it's weird because I, I try to I ask the question. And then, as you were talking, I'm trying to think of what what I think my even was. I, I think my first hoppy or beer was Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, but like that's a pale ale. It's not the India right. Pale Ale aspect of it. Yep. So I think probably I would say 60 minute IPA. Uh, oh, that's dog a dogfish. Yeah. I would probably be up there, or even just Lagunitas straight ahead. Lagunitas IPA. So. <laughs> Yep. But those are those traditional if you think about in america when you talk about ipa people kind of cringe over it up until more recently it was that yes. idea that like even if you ask my wife taylor and say hey you know she tries something and goes oh to be there not my thing because she's not really into ipas but she's like but it doesn't taste like i'm eating grass and it's like those people who yes. don't like ipas a lot of times are, are confused they're not confused but don't just don't know That there is a difference in IPAs now. And if I go over, I have a little list here on my computer to the side of the types of IPAs right now. It's not a simple, I don't like IPAs. It's the same thing where it's like, Taylor's not really into a a beer that we'll talk in a later podcast, sours. She would like specific sours. It doesn't mean you like all sours. There's a a thing in there. And so... With West Coast IPAs, what, what they started to do is transition those or the types of hops and how they hopped them into New England yeah. style IPAs to make them more broadly accepted, I think. Is that's is that really the, I mean, to, to make it so that more people probably liked it. Um, and that yeah. what the hazy IPA, New England style, East Coast, whatever you want to call it, uh, came into effect. And that's basically hopping at a different time, right? Like when you do a West yes. Coast IPA, you hop at a certain part in the brew which is the, right.
1: the boil or in the world. You're doing period. it during the boil and then you're doing your finishing hops and then you still could be dry hopping. But like you said, the new England style is all about the, the dry hopping. I mean, there is hopping throughout the rest of the process, but. Um, I'd put money
0: on the fact that there's some breweries out there who are putting absolutely zero hops in the boil. And oh, I wouldn't.
1: In the- I'm not sure, but I wouldn't doubt that at all. Um, yeah. Cause it really, like you said, I think that hang up for a lot of people is that bitterness. And you know, so you really focus on those like finishing and dry hops to just get the, the fruity kind of you know tropical flavors that you're looking for. And so yeah, I, I would I would imagine there are or at least have very minimal hops.
0: I mean, I talked to my dad earlier this morning and it was funny because he was like he swears to this day that there still is fruit in tubular. Like, he's just like, there's something about, there, there's gotta be fruit in there. I'm like, there's no fruit in there. And then we've had customers that are in a brewing company. We're sitting at the bar and the person's like, I can't have grapefruit with my heart medicine. And we're like, there's no grapefruit in there. I yep. promise I you just no ready say,
1: I was just getting ready to say, Justin and I have a special person in mind that we both were, had many a- encounters with. But of the all the stories of him, there was one where it was just forever like, I can't drink this through one pint. I can't I can't have grapefruit juice. I'm on, I'm on heart medicine. I'd be like, yeah, I am too, but there's no grapefruit in that. I promise you. <laughs> yeah, but it, I can,
0: <laughs> I <yep>. can taste <laughs> the
1: grapefruit. Like, no, I promise you, man.
0: Like, <laughs> and it's funny because like we sell that that uh the beer we made recently, um, ice cream social with the the peanut butter chocolate cream out. Yeah, it's like people are like, oh, but it tastes like peanut butter, but there's no peanut butter. It's peanut butter flavoring. There's such thing as flavoring out there that makes it taste like no. something that it ever is. There's no flavoring in an IPA or most IPAs. It's literally just a combination of the hops. And I yeah. just it's the same thing that with tea tastes different because you have different tea leaves yeah. in it. It's 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 a similar, it's a it's, you know, you can make a tea taste like peppermint and not have peppermint in it. It has to do with whatever tea leaves you have. Hops the same thing. It's it's the this you know, in the same family with hemp and marijuana. Marijuana has different smells for different things. It's just everything oh, yeah. has different things for it and and that's the funny part about it, and some people just can't get it past it, and that's the benefit I think, in some sense, that they've been able to make the IPAs. I mean, let's be honest, most West Coast IPAs taste, I would say, pretty similar. Uh, there are some that taste different, but with an East, with the East Coast or England, whatever you want to call it, um, I feel like there is this variation with how many hops are being put in whatever place or what hops you use, and grapefruits and melons and. you know peaches and all this other stuff that makes it a more unique thing um but it's made it more accessible and i think that's what's awesome about new england style ipas is that i feel like there are definitely people out there including my best friend michael who was a stout person through and through and then he started drinking new england style ipas and now he drinks a nice west coast style ipa or or you know belgian ipa or whatever so it's pretty cool that new england style ipa has been able to make it more accessible to people and that's what's fun about New England stuff.
1: What I think something you just said is kind of spot on to what you're getting at in the beginning of, you know, with the hops in New England, you're literally like, I mean, you know, Asa could talk for days about it that, um, I mean, you're you're really crafting the flavor with hops where the traditional West Coast IPA, you're doing a a lot on tweaking the malt side of it as well. And so that's why you have anything from like a lighter English style IPA up to these like crazy triple IPAs, but there's also black IPAs and those all fall more on the West coast side. So I think Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's just not quite that focus on, you know, crafting flavor from hops as you get from new England style.
0: Part of me, like when I like, when you look at the list, I mean, obviously you can consider every small nuance, a different style of IPA if you wanted to, but like if you go through the list, I have a couple lists here. So this New England style IPAs we just talked about, West Coast we talked about. West Coast was more the original American IPA was the West Coast IPA. So some people might see it as American IPA on a can or a bottle. Yeah, It's likely a West Coast IPA. If you see it, Hazy IPA, New England, East Coast, those are that New England, that, that more um, juicy uh, style IPAs. But then you've got variations of that where you have the session version, which is the lower ABV, uh, yep. which nowadays can be anywhere from 2% to really, I mean, some people are calling 5.8, 5.5% IPA session IPAs. which
1: Oh, I know. Is, it's crazy.
0: 5, 6% was is an IPA. And you know, now 7, 7.5 is IPA. Um, but then you get your double IPA, like we mentioned, or imperial yep. IPA, which is usually higher alcohol content, um, triple IPA, which is even higher. Um, but then you get, like I said, black IPA. Uh, you have Belgian style IPAs. You have English IPAs, like you mentioned, which is more of the traditional IPA. Milkshake IPA when you add a little lactose to it. Yep. And, and then you can see people even souring IPAs. Um, so when you Belgian look at that, IPAs, like, yeah. Yes. When you look at that list, is it just people trying to, t- to, to to take advantage of the IPA thing and put it in every category? I mean, that's what it seems like when someone's put milkshake in it or lactose in it. And when someone started souring it, it's like, okay, i trying to take this popular brand or this popular style and make it different. That's what it seems like, at least.
1: Yeah. Or it's just an excuse to get more hops into everything. We'll just call it an IPA version. Then
0: yes, you know, and and there probably is breweries. And not, I don't know any. I'm not going to mention any that are sour IPA is because it did go sour on accident. Or that, and they, <laughs> yeah. and they call it that. But like we made, I mean, at our brewing company, we made a milkshake IPA. We've done one. Um, oh yeah. we've done technically a milkshake pale ale. If you want to consider gratitude, had a little bit of lactose in it. So there's that, right? And a milkshake IPA is basically a New England style IPA that you just add lactose to it makes it a little bit more creamy and smooth. And and it's honestly, to some people it's even more drinkable than a traditional New England Stella IPA. So it's like, again, Oh yeah.
1: And as always, as you imagine, there's a debate over that. Like you said, the lactose, but I'm kind of like you said, I, I mean, it, it does, it does change it. I mean, I, I, there's a lot of them with lactose that I enjoy.
0: And, and again, it's a conversation I had with Jillian Farrell who uh, is lady in the tri-clamp on Instagram who works over okay. at Grand Canyon Brewing in, in, in um, Arizona, that we mentioned that there's certain things that actually, like, like what well, we relating it to that is that she was mentioning how the more people that are Instagram influencers about beer online, the more people are gonna drink beer, craft beer. Sure. Same thing, if you're gonna make a style and make a successful beer that tastes good, that's gonna get more people to enjoy the craft beer industry, do whatever you want. Like I really don't have a problem with what you do. So if you put on add lactose to it and it tastes good and you did it right, And and it's not, you're not trying to cover up for something or do whatever. Great. It doesn't bother me because you're going to get that aspect of having someone that may not be interested in beer in the first place to try the beer. Uh, And that makes me happy. So, like, whatever style IPA you want to do, do it. um, Because that to me will get people to drink IPAs. And then again, hopefully, that will give them the broaden their horizons and try, okay, from a milkshake regular New England style IPA to a New England style to a West Coast and so on um which is awesome for me because in the craft beer industry i think that's cool so do what you want i don't care (laughs) what that is there but like um black ipas they're not many of them i'll tell you that many i think it's one of those polarizing things i like a lot of people yeah you know asa wants to make one um but abe doesn't like it so it's like it's funny there's
1: it's polarizing one of the big twitter accounts i follow i think it's uh um, Jeff Allworth, Beervana. Um, and he hates black IPAs, and he was joking about that the other day, and, and it is, like, that's always what I see, and, and it's weird, it's less so with, like, just your average beer drinker, as, like, that's one of those, I feel like, that's within the, the industry, like, people that are that do, you know, beer on whatever level, homebrewing or crap, like, that's where the black IPA debate is, for some reason, people get angry about it,
0: I mean, and, there, and it's funny because there's a whole uh, fundraising campaign called the Black Ale Project, which does most of the people in that yep. thing do black IPAs because that's like yep. you don't have to do a black ale. Like the idea now that's moved away from that. But like right. most people are like, oh, we're going to do a black ale. We're doing a black IPA. And maybe beer company did one. I don't know if they regularly make it anymore, but weeze W-E-E-Z, W-E-Z, yes. yep. they had a black IPA. And the first one I ever tried was Back in Black from 21st Amendment. Uh, and that was really good. that to me is like if you're stuck on ipas and you want something that's a stout side of things like go that way like that's the kind of thing and it's like uh, i would consider india brown ale from um um dogfish yet on that borderline between a brown ale and a black ipa because of how often it is Um, and so you have that aspect of it too um you know, black, like I said, it's polarizing. I feel like it's one of those things that you either don't like it or you like it. And, no. and I, I have no problem with them.
1: I absolutely love them. Like they're, they're one of my favorite styles of beer, um, which is like you said, and it was funny. There was like this little blip where there was like black IPAs everywhere. And then like a year later, you can't find them. And I'm still waiting all the time for like any of them. Founders used to make a, amazing black IP, uh, IPA. But...
0: Yeah. Uinta did one too. I, uh, um, Dub, Dub, he, D U B E, D U B H E. Yeah, they had one for a while. You went to Brewing Company, um, too. But like, I don't know, black IPAs, it, it seems like it is it would be a kind of person like my buddy Mike who liked stouts and then moved to black IPAs. That would be if you like stouts and you want to go to IPAs, maybe that would be what you want to go to because it's a dark IPA. Uh, and, and it's really the only, I mean, Belgian IPAs are more brown, like more darker. Yep in um, an English IPA would probably be a little bit more mal- malty and darker, but it's really the darker of the side of the things is black IPA. But there are people who have tried, I, you mentioned black IPAs being West coast style or American. There are breweries that probably have tried a more new England style
1: bar- yeah. black IPA. And I don't think it lands as well. <laughs> no. Well, that goes back to what we were just talking about. It's that, <laughs> it's that focus on that, you know, the malty base with, your west coast and english ipas that that translates perfectly to a black ipa i mean i remember like way back in the like right as craft beer was taken off way before i'd ever had a black ipa and i remember at the bar we used to mix stout and ipa all the time like at the end of the night to like make our own style of of black ipas it it
0: and again, it's, po- I, I, I'll mention it and say the word again, it's polarizing. It's one of those things you'd like it or you don't. There's nothing, there's no middle ground about that. It's the same thing with adding cherry to a beer. It's like people love cherries or they don't love cherries. Yep. Um, the fun one I like to have now is whether or not breweries should start making triple IPAs. So let's, go, I want st- to step back a second for it. Double IPAs yep. are becoming the IPA, if that makes any sense. Like, it's Whenever true. We do a collaboration yeah. now, Orono Brewing Company, with another brewery. I would say the conversation starts with, "So we're making a double IPA, right?" And then it moves to whether or not we should make a double IPA or not. But like, it starts right. out 99.9 percent of the time that it's going to be a double IPA. <laughs> and We're going to move away from that. Um, Orono Brewing Company, as a company, has never made a triple IPA. Um, but a double IPA is one of those ones. It also makes me funny because there's no actual definition of what a double IPA is. Is does there? Is there?
1: It's usually not, classified.
0: Not, I, not
1: with any crazy spes- specifics. No. no,
0: I always say, in my mind, 8%. 8% is the minimum should be it for a double IPA, in my opinion. Especially how your tubulars here. I've got a reciprocal from Bissell, who is 7.3, yep. 7.2. Uh, when your IPAs are 7.2, 7.3, uh, we had Tiger Style at 7.4. Like, when those are your typical IPAs for a brewery, you can't make a 7.8 yeah. double.
1: Like, or that's a triple, my guy, s- can you imagine? I mean.
0: so, so my thought is like why, so there's no definition. So if I was to give it a definition, it's like that 8 to 9.2, like 8 to 9 is a double IPA. Yep. In my opinion, if you make a 9.3, 9.4, 9.5 and up, it's a triple IPA. I think there should be. I think, you know, for a while there, New England style IPA wasn't a recognized I, uh, style. Um, no. by the American, there was no, it was just IPA. Uh, New England style came in more recently. So there's no actual like definition to a double IPA, but I feel like there should be. I feel like you have to like hit marks. You should have to hit marks of 8% or below 9.5% or something. Um, but o- OBC, we traditionally do 85 Like, if you're going to see a a double IPA for us on the market, it's traditionally 8.5, 8.4, 8.6, depending on what we do. Very rarely um, do you see us do something that's like 7.8. I think the zoo beer, I think, uh, what was it called? Um, Don't Feed the Animals? Yes. That was a 7.8, 7.9 double IPA. Um, But that was on purpose. Um, But whenever I've seen people do 7.7 double IPAs, just to me, it's like at that point, it's just an IPA. Just call it an IPA, call a spade a spade and move on. Um, but what do you think? Do you think there should be something like that? Like an actual definition to what a double IPA is or?
1: I, I mean, it seems to have kind of found its own space, I think. Um, Cause like you said, I would say that in like triple IPAs, I mean, I automatically assume around 10 to 11%, you know? So I feel like there's, I think they all just kind of get lumped under the like Imperial IPA kind of
0: I mean, does it really Better. need to be – this thing
1: as triple-quad? I mean, is it like – do
0: we have to go up Well, that I think far? that's like... the thing.
1: I think the game has changed. It doesn't really matter now. Like you said, I mean, the thing is now you have – I mean, an IPA, say, what? Tubular. That's what? 7-2? Seven 7-2, two? Seven two, yeah. 7-2. And, you know, I mean, if that's a regular IPA, then we can get rid of double and triple. It's just – at this point, I think it's just how big do you want to make it? And, you know, but because –
0: Calling it is something is it sells it. And that's a sense like, exactly. If you're, yeah. if you're, there's people who have messaged us. There's one person in particular that messages us quite often and asks us about beers coming back and so on on Facebook. And uh, well, he just recently messaged us and asked us if we're to make a triple IPA. And, you know, we don't have an, uh, the, the idea in the future to do yeah. that. First of all, making an IPA with 10 to 11% alcohol tastes good is not easy. Like, it, it, it no. it's, it's, there's, there's a weird, um, cons- like a um, li- uh, thickness—not thickness, but it's a yep. weird consistency to them, syrupiness to the some sum- yes. of them. Exactly. Yep. You, you taste the alcohol. It's just, I think double IPA is like the epitome. Of, like I said, that eight and a half to nine percent alcohol. If you're gonna yep. make it, that's like where me personally, if anything above that, I'm just like, it's no point. I'll have two beers. Like, it's not really yes. any point to have that high ABV. Um calling it a double IPA on a shelf sells more. Oh yeah, so without a doubt. If, if you've if you got a 7.8% alcohol beer, and you're like, let's just flat, uh, throw that double on there and people will buy it. It's the same yep. thing with name me a beer on the market that is a New England style IPA that's not at least double dry hopped. Like seriously people, there, every IP, New England style IPA you buy, is, oh, yeah. I almost guarantee you is double dry hopped. There's no point in putting DDH on anything or double dry hopped no. on anything. You know, yep. I love my guys from Bissell a lot. And this is nothing against them, but this does say double dry hop India pale ale on it. It says right here, double dry hop, India pale ale, seven point three percent alcohol by volume. And it's probably because way back when they first made reciprocal, it was a big thing. Like it was the yep. thing they were doing. Now it's Obi um uh, tubulars triple dry hopped. Um weight should be triple dry hopped. I mean, we're all doing this. So it's like it's one of those things that like when I see DDH or double dry hop now, I'm like you don't need to put that on there. Same thing with double IPA. You can just put India pale ale on there, or there are other ones by Bissell that just, just say ale. Swish yeah. just says ale. It doesn't even say IPA. It just says swish ale or okay. substance ales. Um, I feel I, like they have the ability to do that because it's Bissell. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I, I think ultimately it all just speaks to the fact that how, I mean, this is how quickly craft beer has grown. I mean, it's like, you know, the the styles and the like specifications for styles. I mean, even if you look at like the BJCP style guide, like, you know, it's always behind on what's out there because there's so much stuff coming out. And it's funny, I've never really looked to see like big changes they've made, but it'd be interesting to see from them how they've updated styles like every so many years. Because like you said, I imagine, you know, what, what used, I mean, what used to be the general IPA category now is crazy. So, I mean, now even saying American IPA or English IPA, which it was, like, doesn't, that doesn't tell you anything, really.
0: And, and again, what we, we did with Ozone, for example, when we, we launched Ozone IPA years ago, we put it as just IPA. India Pale yeah. Ale, that's what it is, Ozone IPA. When we were last time we released it in cans, we put West Coast on it because we needed to let our consumers know that it's not tubular. Like, if you yeah. buy it on a shelf, you need to know that it's more hoppy. Or not more hoppy, sorry. It's more bitter. Uh, it's more, you know, malty. It's not going to be that. What I will say about Tubular, for anybody who's interested in IPAs, Tubular has a great balance. And, again, this is not me just working for a brewing company, because um, you can read it in the New York Times and all these other places, these publications. has a great balance of West Coast versus East Coast, meaning there's a little bit of bitterness to that, that juiciness, which I think is a lot of other breweries have that either – bitter, or juicy. I think there's a nice mix that Ace has been able to do with Tubular to have that. If you like West Coast, you might like Tubular. If you like East Coast, you like might like Tubular uh, kind of thing. The yeah. one title that will destroy your beer but love it for people in the industry is the word session. <laughs> like, it's oh, yeah. so insane if you put the word session IPA on a beer, how many people who are extreme double IPA drinkers won't touch the thing. No. But those people who are brewers or people who work in the industry, love.
1: <laughs> oh are yeah. just
0: like Saturday afternoon in the summer, a crush, a whole four pack of the uh, the 3.5% alcohol. This is perfect light. Doesn't fill my stomach up that much. But then there's the people out there who solely drink double IPAs are like, oh, Session IPA. To the point we stopped yeah. using that word at Orner Brewing Company. <laughs> like we don't yeah. use Session on anything
1: anymore. We made It's right in like yeah. a nexus right now. I mean, yes. yeah. It's- there does like all of a sudden there's like this seems to be this big interest in session ipas and non-alcoholic options for beer but like you said but it's also not really how you want to lead with your beer so like i don't know if that's going to you know how that'll go in the future if maybe that will become a selling point but yeah right now it's definitely not
0: I mean, you and Adam is a homebrewer avid homebrewer for a number of years he, he, you know he's working on a sister more sister around stuff and he's worked in breweries. He knows that a lower ABV beer like a session IPA is also gonna be lower calories because it's less in it. Um, yeah. So it's almost more important like what we were almost we did it over in a brewing company this past summer was to call it a low-cal IPA than yeah. yes, exactly yep. Because you're gonna to sell to the consumers who want lower calories more than you're gonna to sell to someone that's less ABV. They don't care how much alcohol's in it, as long as there is alcohol in it. If yeah. there's less calories, but even if we didn't put low cal on it, a beer with three and a half percent alcohol is gonna have less calories than a beer with seven point two percent alcohol because the more alcohol is in a beer is because there's more grain in it. Yeah. <laughs> so like, it, it, there's gonna be less calories than in in a, in a ATP than there is on a tubular. It just is. But the yeah. recession, we realized that with um. Side Country a couple of years ago. Remember Side Country we did up for with a hunker yeah, down of yep, sure. That was the last Session IPA we did, and it and it if we were just deleted that off the sign. It would have sold like hotcakes, but the yep. second you call it a Session IPA, it's like it, it has the stigma to it. And to me personally, I'm looking for that. If I go to if I go to a new brewery and I want to have a couple of beers to try their beer, I'm always like, okay, where's their Session IPA? Yeah, <laughs> and I, I think, want to I know. We,
1: that's another one that's you know again outside of like if if you're really into beer like you say either whether you're working a brewery or just a craft beer junkie you know what session means but like you said but i think that's another one of those ones that then i kind of assume everybody knows what session means and i think when you put like even if they don't understand the alcohol when you put session ipa then it becomes something weird that they don't understand where you said like everybody knows what locale means like you honestly would which you wouldn't want either, but like yeah. even just low alcohol IPA would yeah. probably sell better than session IPA.
0: And, and, and session is the idea that you can have multiple
1: beers sitting in one. Exactly. Like yeah. You can session. But that's beer. just, that's not a real American phrase.
0: I bet we would sell better if you put crushable on it. Absolutely. Like crushable IPA. I mean, you can have a few, like you get all those people who know the word crushable. Like I, I we use it as regular terminology. This, this tube those crushable. That might sell better. I, but it's true. I mean, but it, we got to the fact that it's like, I think OBC is gonna do IPAs and double IPAs. That's what we're gonna do. Like, that's the decision yep. you have to make. It's like if a beer has the IPA style put to it, no matter what the ABV is below eight percent, it's an IPA. Yep, make it over eight percent. If it even gets up to 9.2, 9.3, 9.5, it's probably still gonna be a double IPA for owner brewing company. Because I don't think we'll ever get to the point where we make it 10 or 10%. Right. I just don't think it's in our wheelhouse. I don't think you know people have no,
1: to I think that goes back to the point you were making originally though, which is like, I, I, I don't think that those names matter that much anymore. Like you said, I think pe- double has a meaning to people. They love it. They buy it like crazy. So double almost, I mean, everybody knows it means higher alcohol and it usually means that it's less frequently made. I think that's the other thing. It's like, anytime they see a double, it, that's a special beer. It, do you know
0: why
1: it's called double? as far as i i mean it it really has to do with like the grain bill so like you're you know because like like we said consumers are always like oh that means double the i double the alcohol and it's like yeah. well, no it's like it's a larger grain bill and therefore i mean like but, but not necessarily double i think it's I, just like it's the closest to approximating like this higher alcohol beer yeah. takes takes double the grain you know or
0: and that's one way I've heard it. And the other way I've heard it is uh, that Imperial IPA is actually the real name of it. And so it's II, yes. double IPA. Well, exactly. That- but but it's also funny when someone puts Imperial, like they're like, I want to call it an Imperial IPA. And again, I feel like it comes down to consumers and whether or not they know what that yes. means. And so double IPA is probably going to sell faster and better than an Imperial IPA because no one yes. does know what an Imperial IPA is.
1: Well, and because they, again, they get kind of their own meanings to people themselves so i think the thing like you know an imperial ipa like yeah you could maybe say that you know this beer yeah it's an imperial you could call it a triple whatever but with imperial now people that think like it's it's really special like they expect it to be like very expensive maybe to get a single bottle of it so now like you said you probably could call a number of like may say triple ipas or doubles an imperial but you'd kill your sales because people aren't Not going out and buying just four packs of like super high alcohol imperial and i I normally
0: associate now imperial with stouts like you know the imperial stout is the idea the imperial stout is the double ipa of the stout you know style uh your imperial stout your double ipa that's what i would put in that categories of that um most of maine is new england like uh, obviously we're in new (laughs) england Let me correct that. All of Maine is in New England. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your, your geography majors out there, all of Maine is in New England. Most of Maine's beer scene is the New England style IPA. Yes. There are a few breweries that continue to do different styles because of what they would, you know, what they want to go, how they want to go. Um, airline Brewing Company uh, and uh, Amherst, Maine, um, and in uh, Ellsworth, they do their English IPA. Uh, so if you go in there expecting something that's like uh, juicy or even bitter, uh, it's, it's a mul- more multi than it is anything, uh, any of those two. Um, and I'm using these, uh, we are based in the Bangor area. So I'm, uh, i had a couple lists of breweries I'd like to shout out that are in this area. Um, you have your OBC, um, your Mason's, um, Bangor beer company. company, um, who, uh, Marshall Island, those breweries, mass landing, Bissell, those are the oh. breweries in the state of Maine that mainly do, we, we, we do New England style IPAs. That's our, our styles. Um, and you got someone like Gagans. That's who I was getting ready to mention. Is a West Coast style brewery. They do dabble in New England style here and there, but they are adamant in uh, filtering beer and uh, making sure that's bitter and using specific hops and so on and and that's good for them because then they give someone an option for local beer who yep. wants that, and they have a following. Like I am a mug club member there because I, I grew up with Andy, and Andy will be on the podcast in March, and we'll talk some stuff about Gagans. And he uh, he does what he does because there's a there's a market yep. for him, and 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 that's why he does that. He also knew that that's his traditional IPA is a filtered West Coast style yep. IPA. Uh, And and it's, it's still the,
1: it's, that's still the IPA that's, that's dear to my heart is like the classic filtered West coast style IPA. I mean,
0: And we live in New England. So I feel like I am inundated with New England style IPA. Let's be honest. We're a small part of this country. There still is probably, I would consider, and I don't have any facts or statistics, but there's probably either an equal amount of both styles. Or, if not more West Coast style IPAs still yeah. in this country than there are even New England style IPAs. Yeah, so if, I'd say there's, um, there's
1: probably way more I would West Coast overall still.
0: And because if you mostly, I mean, there are those breweries, but here's the deal your hipster, popular, Instagram, social media loving breweries are your New England style IPAs because so it's yep. part of the brand um, in that aspect. And so we have New England breweries like, um, Vermont. Teddy Topper, Alchemist. The Alchemist. Yes. Um, you have your, your tree houses and your uh, trilliums and thistles to thank, really, for the boom of the New England Style IPA. Uh, those are the breweries that really bred what we have right now. And, and I really, it really goes back to the Alchemist, really. I mean, the Alchemist yeah. was the one that was the, on the can, says drink from the can. And I still yes. to this day think that it has nothing to do with it tastes better in the can. Is that they didn't want you to see what it looked like because they were afraid that people seeing it unfiltered, right, would not want to drink it and they'd look at it being a dirty beer. When the truth of the matter is, it was what the style was. Now, now you cannot make a New England style IPA unless you can't see through it. Like, oh god, no! You don't. If you can see through your New England style IPA, a lot of people who are fans of New England style IPAs won't. Even give it a, check, a time nope. of day. So it, it's an interesting way that's come because nowadays I feel like if you don't make a new, England, if you're opening a new brewery in New England and you don't make a new in this style as one of your first beers to come out, you're going to struggle. Oh, yeah. It, it's just the way it is because people are going to expect that. Go ahead, make a West Coast style IPA at some point. But if Gagans, I love them. Again, he's, Andy's a good buddy of mine and he's coming on later on in the month of March. If they tried to open in 2022 with their brewery, with the style they're doing, they may not be as successful as they are now yeah. because they were able to open as one of the first breweries in the greater Bangor area into that beginning boom in the main area for Maine for breweries. Um, and they were able to do it with West coast IPAs. And that's why I think they have been able to continue doing West coast is because they've a following. Now they have people right. who want that beer. Yep. They sell a lot of beer in Northern Maine, which hasn't had a, a beer industry following in a long time so it's like they have that ability to do it they make for west coast style ipas they make great ipas like that's like if you yeah. want that in maine get that if you like the new england style ipas there's a like you can almost throw a rock and get to one now <laughs> there are oh God, ones like walk, get in, actually... walk
1: into your closest gas station and you'll find mm-hmm. 20 of them
0: like it's it's insane and, then, and the funny thing about it is there's even companies like sam adams and um I can't think about right the of other ones right now top my head, but have the words, but they've used the word hazy on it. Yeah. Because they want Sierra, you to Sierra Nevada.
1: Yep. They have hazy little, they're, they're hazy little thing, right? I yeah. Think.
0: Yeah. And it's funny because it's not, and it's not as hazy. Like hazy no. little thing is a, is a cloudy, I hate the word cloudy because it feels negative, but it's a filtered beer that you think would be filtered that has a cold haze to it, if that makes any sense. Like yep. it's like the haze on the outside of the glass is making it look whole, whole hazy. It's not like a, a a bissell or a trillium or a treehouse. It's not that you cannot see through it, kind of right. haze. But with trillium, really, like I said, some of these breweries, it's insane. I I, I I don't want to get too much into individual breweries, but like treehouse sells hundreds oh of thousands God. of barrels of beer a year from one location. They yep. do not distribute. There's times where you can buy a can, like one can of a beer. It's insane. And they wouldn't have been able to do it without the boom of New England style IPAs. But they were able to, they were actually part of the beginning part of that too, though. Yeah. But, uh, but like I said, so we talked about the styles, West Coast, East Coast, New England. Da, da, da. I mentioned filtering, but we didn't mention it at the top. If someone doesn't know about beers too, you normally would filter a West Coast style IPA, right? Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, uh, you would not filter a New England no. style IPA because it would kind of defeat the purpose of it. Oh,
1: and um, I feel like it's the reverse of what you just said too, which is like if you handed somebody, you know, who's a big West Coast IPA fan and were like, hey, this is, West, or, this is a West Coast, but it's cloudy. They would be like, yeah, no. So <laughs> yeah, it is thing. like.
0: And we talked to Fraz, our distributor, so our, our, our brand sales, sales manager for um, craft distributing a main which is our distributor going for, doing, uh, for yeah. our own brewing company uh, um we asked about ozone and I mean uh, the easiest way for us to make ozone would be to use a72 or any of the yeast that we're using for for tubular uh because it's in house we can reuse it so if we were to do a west coast style IPA we have to buy a different yeast which yes. is going to cost us a bunch yes, of money yes. to do and we we yes. make one beer with it, it we used to, and, and, and people ask us why don't you make this anymore and that has something to do with it is because when we used to make Kolsch on a regular basis, Kolsch and Lightning Tree, for an example, was our West Coast IPA, like our flagship. Those use the same yeast. Um, right. But neither one of those beers used the same yeast as tubular, which is what we use the most. And so we had to buy a separate yeast uh, uh, package for that beer. So that's one of the reasons why those beers aren't made as much is because we can't use that yeast over and over again, which makes it the beer way more costly than it actually needs yep. to be. Um and so we don't make lightning tree or ozone anywhere nearly as much as we used to. That being said, we talked, well, maybe we can use the same yeast as, tube, as a, a um, tubular in ozone and use some biofine agent in it and maybe like drop that yeast a little bit. But it wouldn't get clear. That's the problem. No. And we said, well, can we pass it off as a West Coast IPA? And we're like, as a discussion, it's like, it's not possible. You could nope. not pass ozone off as a West Coast IPA if it had any haze to it. It needs nope. to be clear. It needs to be that same look of every IPA that you see in the West Coast. It just needs to be. Yep. It, there's no question that like, you cannot make a haze. You could in a sense, you could make a beer that's less hazy taste like a England style IPA. But you can't make oh, yeah. a, you know, like the, the opposite. Right. Like a square is yeah. a rectangle, but rectangles and a square or the opposite, you know. You can't make a West Coast IPA. An East Coast IPA. If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but hold on. I have a little drink here in my tube there. So if you, if you had to drink a, if they've gotten to the head, this is the only style IPA you were allowed to drink for the rest of your life. You'd pick West Coast.
1: Oh, without a doubt, yeah.
0: And is there a particular one you go for usually now?
1: Man, I'm trying to th- recently. Yeah. I-
0: and I'm saying IPA, and I I don't know if we'll ever do an episode that's based around pale ale specifically. I feel like right, we did IPA right. and it consists it. So like to me, it's it's your it's your Sierra Nevada pale ale, like we talked about. It's celebration during Christmas, uh, like yeah. we talked about in the Christmas episode. And honestly, one of my favorite be- beers that 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 uh, Sierra Nevada has ever created is Torpedo.
1: Oh God, Tor- I love Torpedo.
0: That would probably be my go-to one. That was that. I mean, safe. I would take
1: that. I would take that as my one beer that you can have. If I, know, maybe
0: I, 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 ninety minute or no, not ninety minute. Yes, ninety minute from a yep, television Shared. Yep. Or, what's that one they make with
1: a great must? Oh, is that, um, is that an
0: IPA? Sixty seven. Right, sixty seven is what it's called.
1: Yeah, it is an IPA.
0: That one is like that one's fun. I I, I think we could probably we'll do a tradition of every Hoppy Hour podcast we do that I'm going to bring up 67 on every single because I feel like I have every single one so far (laughs) and in the future.
1: I think it's we both, Joe, I mean, we both and not us alone, a lot of people, but like our craft beer experience, like Dogfish Head is like at the forefront of like all of it. I mean, I think back to early craft beer, like it was pretty much every time I tried something new and was like, oh my God, it was Dogfish Head. And
0: and part of that, I I will say part of that is let's be honest it was the tv show on discovery channel did incredible amounts for that brewery i think i think the reason they part they merged with yes i agree with yep. sam adams it has if you look back they went like this like they were like growing and then like they were on discovery channel and they just went straight up and i still to this day i tweeted it out years ago why they didn't just immediately move it over to something like netflix because the reason they got canceled was because of big beer like Budweiser and Miller, who were the number one advertisers on discovery saying, if you continue airing this show, we're going to pull our advertising because they were afraid of losing money. If they went over to something like Netflix that has no advertising or nobody to tell them what to do, they could do a show about whatever they wanted to and do it. So I thought if he would have just merged over to Netflix, that show would probably still be on air today. They would have been documenting the merger with Sam. God, they They, probably
1: could go back on air today and just the level of excitement of them coming back. Because I'm like, you mean anybody that was really big into craft beer in those early days? Like, that show was huge. I mean...
0: And they didn't air. There's still one episode that never aired, and that was when they were opening their restaurant in New York City. It was on one of the skyscrapers at one of the top of the buildings. They were opening the restaurant, and they never actually aired that. Part of me goes, I don't even know if still that restaurant even opened or whatever, but like... Part of me goes if it isn't open maybe they didn't air it on purpose cuz they're like okay it was a failure let's move on but like well right uh, <laughs> but like the idea that there was the stories and the traveling behind it it was a mixture between a food show um like there's a new one on CNN with Stanley Tucci who's was going to Italy i don't know if you've seen that advertising or not i'm at, oh, yeah, working absolutely. from home yep. so i'm watching a lot of CNN yep. lately but um they have a new it's like going it's like a food show where you're visiting these places cuz he was visiting places and uh, uh, um trying crazy historic beer recipes like the the, the yep. chewing of the corn and spitting it into the thing and yep. those kind of things uh who else had one on they were on histor- history channel oh dark horse dark horse brewing in michigan had a beer show on yep. i think it was the history channel um but it makes me think and laugh that that's the one i more. told you
1: yeah earlier when you asked my like favorite ipa i was like yeah. probably crooked tree is yes. my like that's dark horse and Dark Horse
0: did some crazy things too, like they had that beer festival every year at their brewery, where they like, like they, they like used things, they poured beer over bacon and stuff, and yeah. it was like, and that yep. made me try Dark Horse. So I feel like there's weird that there's not more. You don't think that I'd want you beer industry folks would watch a movie about Treehouse or um, uh, Chester King? Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be a brewery out there that would sign on to do a show on Netflix about this, like. I'm surprised the craft beer industry has grown so much in the last number of years that there's been less TV shows on TV about beer than there were. Yeah. Years ago. I don't really, have,
1: I don't even know. Now that I, I'm thinking about it, like in the moment, like I'm kind of shocked that there's not some big show on one of the streaming services that goes like to all the breweries. And cause I'm thinking like, I watched a show the other day called Bong Appetit, where they cooked with marijuana. Like, why, is there not, why are there not brewery shows? There was a show
0: on a TV show, channel on Roku. Roku has their own channels called, now I can't remember the name of it, but it was an African-American dude who traveled around the country uh, who was like a level four or whatever, a high-level Cicerone, uh, used to work in the beer industry and stuff like that. He used oh, to travel no, to different breweries. Uh, get, like- Garrett Oliver. I think it's, yeah, yeah. Is that, I, I don't remember, but it was on or I don't think the channel is available anymore. Yeah. But it was only on streaming, and it was cool because he would talk to the breweries, and a lot of the breweries had restaurants attached to it or a restaurant that used their beer in their in their recipes. Yes. And so That's he'd talk to the brewery, sure. he'd brew with them, and then he'd go cook with them.
1: <laughs> go
0: ahead. Yeah,
1: there. No, I'm just looking. Yeah, Garrett Oliver.
0: Garrett Oliver, yeah. And so he... Yes. It, it, it was a fun show, and again, it was like the last remaining of those, and then the channel got cancelled, I believe. But I feel like it, I mean, I would watch a show on Bissell. I'd watch it on Trillium, or on yep. Treehouse, or go back and do The Alchemist, because they're, but it, it, I feel like what you need to do is a show like with, on Oxbow, someone who has, like, yeah. they do weird things with beer, or like Gesture King, or some sort of things where you like barrel-aged beers for a long time, or, or you know, something like that would be fun. Or find yep. a brewery that's expanding to a new location so you have that storyline. But I feel like it seems weird with the amount of channels that we have at our fingertips that don't rely on advertising, that rely on someone's monthly payment. I'm surprised there hasn't been something. No. It really surprises me. And, and now that I say that next week, we're going to get an announcement that Dogfish Head's back on TV with Brewmasters. Yeah. <laughs> because there's only, what, seven episodes of that I series? I think so, yeah. It's crazy. Um, it's really crazy. But so IPAs <laughs> – are the most popular beer style in the state in the United States right now, by far. I think oh, the, yeah. only, the only one that's catching up is sour ales. I think that's the one that people are more, again, it's the same idea yes. I have about New England style versus um, West Coast is that when you introduce things like kettle sours, the fruits in them and stuff like that, that has also, add, you, you've seen it or in an our Brewing Company, the amount of college right. students who come in who will drink a fruitful because it doesn't taste like beer to them. Um, yeah the, so the the younger
1: the younger crowd seems to really love the sours.
0: So I haven't mentioned this to Adam, but I think next episode we're gonna talk sours. I think cool. that's a fun one too because of the fact that again there's the kettle sour aspect of it, there's the barrel age aspect of it, there's the there's the um, more international aspect of sours. There's not just uh, uh, we basically talked about American IPAs or American beers. Yep. Uh, sours are historical. They're science way more science-based than even regular beer um you don't just sour a beer on accident it's it's purposely done it's scientifically done and so on um but i think i wanted to start off with ipas on this because it makes sense because ipas are the most popular beer in the world right now I
1: i think i think you're legally required to start with ipas so
0: and to the to the point where they're so um um widely wanted nowadays that even things like it's hard to see with my lighting but uh run wild or adam had one earlier uh freeway from uh athletic brewing company that is a non-alcoholic ipa i have one last quick question before we start to wrap this thing up about is there a reason why and is it is just because of popularity do you think you might not have the answer why non-alcoholic ipas are mostly west coast style Ha <laughs> ha! Gotcha. Yeah, he's speechless. I is, yeah. I mean, I, don't you think that if you created a non-alcoholic IPA, you'd want to start off with something? I mean, I guess this company, especially this company, wasn't this company started in Connecticut or something? Yep. And so, wouldn't you think that they started if they were in New England that they would start with a New England style IPA instead of something more malty and bitter? Yeah, I don't know. Just, I'm wondering if it's like the if Freeway not- has
1: a little bit of a, a little bit of a New England thing going okay. on
0: here's my question i mean you don't know the answer every brewery does it differently but is this something where they brewed the beer and then remove the alcohol or do they brew it at a low enough alcohol content like how do they make non-alcoholic so, beer
1: um so, i mean a lot of the non-alcoholic beers out there i mean they they can just brew them to that low okay. a low amount it's really but you're right though i mean a lot of the now we're seeing like the the zero zero beer is becoming yep. a big thing. And yeah, that is a process where they remove the alcohol from the beer. I'm guessing, and I don't know enough about it, so don't anybody take this as my yeah. answer. I sprung this um, on you.
0: It wasn't a, a planned thing. Um,
1: but I'm guessing that the technology to take the alcohol out of beer is makes it pretty prohibitive for any small brewers. And that's why this like the true zero beers now are like Heineken, Budweiser. <laughs> There's a Belgian company that's making some now. Um, but yeah but I mean with I the would...
0: removal of the alcohol does it is it more of a filtering base so that if you did a New the style IPA that it might actually ruin the actual style like do you know what I mean like I'm oh, wondering I, if that... it,
1: I, I, that's the limit of my knowledge about it but, but I'm I would,
0: guessing yeah. I'm just spitballing that, that the idea would be that it's a lot harder to do it Because there's a lot more like, I think a lot of people just think it's the yeast that has something to do with the the New England style IPA. But it has something to do with the reaction of the hop oils and all that stuff that makes it that hazy. Um, So I'm wondering if that has anything to do with it that that makes it a little bit harder to do. Or they're just trying to get that wider, uh, we're making very limited number of beers. Let's try to get the wider aspect that More people do West Coast than East Coast. That's a good question. No,
1: it's an interesting question. Because like the one I just had, the double hop is 0.5% alcohol. And it was really hazy, um, okay. but all of the zero zero that I've seen are clear. Yes, and so it's mostly,
0: I mean, all those ones are basically mostly pilsners and stuff, right? I mean, they're not. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah
1: yeah. They're um, like I said. I think, Leffe, which is I think is still AB in that out in, in Belgium, um, is a Belgian style ale that they're releasing zero zero now. So. Um, so, there's a little variation, but they tend to be those more like golden ales, um, lightly hot. So, yeah, I don't know, but I'll look we that went up. With,
0: when we went, we, this is, I took this home from Orno Brewing Company because we have it in stock uh, for purchase as well um, because we don't make a non alcoholic I- beer. We started with the golden ale, and I just like it felt like to me it was like if you're it's going to be more of a broader range of people who want it, an IPA drinker, will drink a gold, golden ale. And I got so many responses being like, why don't you have the IPA? The IPA is really good. And I was like, okay, let's get it. So we ended up getting it. Um, they are definitely a reputable company. Like I tell you what, I, I'm not trying to sell athletic, but like athletic, we had an issue with one of their beers. I'll be up front. It, it definitely was oxidized in the can and they immediately fixed the problem. So I will say they immediately said, I'm sorry, we made a mistake. There was a production issue. Here's some new beer and they replaced the beer for us. Um, so I will say, again, okay, not selling them, but I was disappointed in the fact that I got some oxidized beer from them, but they fixed it and they were owning up to it. It wasn't a, oh, I wonder if it was this, that, or this. No, they're like, nope, oh, we had an issue. Sorry, we, some of them slipped through the whatever. And so here's some new ones. So I'm glad that's- they were able to fix that and I want to give them credit for that. And that's why we'll continue to yeah. selling them at Orna Brewing Companies because- They, they make can- good stuff too. They're- Stand by. And, I will, and I, I will tell you to this day, I do not drink beer- to get drunk, I tell you right now, there is a part of me who likes the idea of, depending on the occasion, to have a little extra beer to make yourself feel good. But I like the style and the history and the science behind beer, and that's why yeah. I continue to drink beer. So why would I drink a non-alcoholic beer when I like to yeah. drink regular beer? It's because I like. To
1: drink. I I drink non-alcoholic beer all the time.
0: It's 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 a it's better than drinking soda, in my opinion. This right here is less sugar than soda, so. Um, non-alcoholic beer
1: and to get away from the craft, and i'll tell you the, a bunch of them i've had um the heineken zero zero that just mm-hmm. started coming going around in the is is by far one of the best non-alcoholic beers okay. i've had i'll have
0: to give it a shot well, maybe we should do a, a an episode on trying some non-alcoholic we, beers
1: it'll be fun let's do with that and then I, yeah. and I can actually look up and see what how all these different processes work because that's something I, I don't know at all so might so be I interesting think-
0: I definitely think I have it on the schedule uh, doing some behind the scenes stuff that I want to do sours next. I think it'd be fun. Yep, uh, I'll rack up with some bottles at Everlasting Farm. I think we can do some Oxbow's, some Allagashes because we're from Maine. Uh, but again, you can talk about those breweries like Chester King uh, and some of those international breweries uh, as well um, to talk about some of the sour. They take a lot longer to make most of yep. them than an IPA does. So they're pretty fun. But in the future, we can try the non-alcoholic beers. We can try different things in, in general. Um excuse me it's one of the benefits of having beer on a podcast episode you burp a lot <laughs> uh, but yeah so i think this is fun ipa so uh if you want to try something that's new and you you're fearful of, you had ipas in the past and you want to try something if it says new england style ipa on it or it's from a brewery in new england you're likely to get a New England style IPA. Um, we recommend, obviously, working at Orono Brewing Company. Orono Brewing Company, most of our beers are New England style IPAs. Um, but Mass Landing, you got your Bissells, all those places. Uh, Banded. I wear a Banded Horn or Banded Brewing Shirt. Sure. Um, those guys all make New England style IPAs as well. Um, I don't want to yep. name off too many because I don't want to leave anybody out. Um, but if you want a West Coast, if you're going to drink a West Coast and you're from Maine, give Gagans a shot. They're over in Brewer. That's, That's, right. That's where. That's where I go. I think they're great. They're great people. They are one of the peoples who helped boom the Bangor beer industry for sure. Yep. Um, and they even helped us move in uh, or or Brewing Company's original location. The guys from Gagans came over and helped us move our tanks in. So that's the kind of industry we love to work yep. in in the beer industry. And then we'll do other ones. I Honestly, it, Adam's worked at bars um, for a number of years. Um, Adam was my lead bartender for a number of years as well. Uh, I'm general manager. I'd love to do one that's more of the serving side of things too. Yeah, totally. Uh, So look forward to that too as well and not get into a specific style, but like tastings and and tours and, uh, you know, the whole industry of uh, selling beer. And then maybe we'll get like uh, Uriah on or something like that to talk. Who's our head chef at Orno Brewing That would be very fun. Cooking with beer. That'd be really fun. We've got some future things coming up. I really am excited to do this stuff. I think now that we got past the holidays, we can go into like more in depth and I'd love to do one with science behind it. Uh, Justin Amaral, who uh, who works for uh, Maniacal Yeast Labs, yep. could talk the science behind yeast and stuff like that. Yeah, so totally. We've got future episodes that are really cool. I think I'm excited for 2021. Yep. Um, this is the first Hoppy Hour on the new name of the Maine State of Mind. So we're going to focus a lot on Maine, but it, it, it's where we live and where we love. So um if you need your draft lines clean call adam yeah give me a call he'll come he'll come clean, clean some draft lines he just did obcs um with the hope that maybe one day we'll open that one event. day we'll be open
1: I <laughs> know. i was thinking but, about that when you said about the cooking episode i was like let's save that until we can actually all be together and cook
0: well i mentioned that too and it's like i'm trying to. i, I did this podcast starting it in may of last year and when i started this podcast i was like you know what not too long from now, we're going to be able to do this in person. Was I naive
1: or How long ago was it that you and I were like, we were like, well, the next one, we probably can at least go downtown to the the OBC (laughs) tap room and sit like a few tables down from each other. That was like six months ago.
0: And, and so that, speaking of that, when we get back to that, the fact that we can actually sit near each other and do this, what I do want to do is a fun episode where we do a blind taste testing, um, yep. which would be kind of fun. Make us both look like idiots. We'll have a third person involved. In Absolutely. It. Say, we, we'll know what breweries are involved. We'll like, we'll know the list that we can pick from. So we're not just arbitrarily picking. But do a New England style IPA taste testing and see yep. if we can guess the beers that correlate with it. But we have Absolutely. to be a person to do that. We can't do that from a distance. No, 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 no. We got to do that. So, um, but yeah, so this has been Hoppy Hour. Um, IPAs, um, Adam, uh, I really appreciate it. I love to promote, usually I promote Adam's uh, social media or people's social media on, on this podcast, but Adam is really absent from social media. So we're not going to do I'm that. I'm on Twitter. Oh, you are on Twitter. but I am um, on Twitter you uh could also go to your draft services find it, google search it he's working on that stuff i hope uh, you know once we get to open back up again adam will come to clean your draft lines yep. for sure um adam has a lot of experience in the beer industry and i'm really excited to have him on here i'm looking forward to future ones uh for Definitely. sure um but uh cheers adam i don't know if you have any beer left. Cheers. cheers uh see you next time i really appreciate it yes best of luck man stay safe
1: yeah you too